Luke 21. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. And while some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, he said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when there will no when there will not be left here one stone upon another, that will not be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said, See that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified, for these things must first take place but the end will not be at once. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and pestilences. And there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. And you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it therefore in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance you will gain your lives. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who are inside the city depart, and let not those who are out in the country enter it. For these are days of vengeance, to fulfill all that is written. Alas, for women who are pregnant, and for those who are nursing infants in those days, for there will be great distress upon the earth and wrath against this people they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations and jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the gentiles until the times of the gentiles are fulfilled and there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out and leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. 
And every day he was teaching in the temple. But at night he went out and lodged on the mount called Olivet. And early in the morning, all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so Will Kynes joining us here uh, in Luke 21. And things are heating up, Will. Um, we have, mm. We've seen the triumphal entry. Jesus knows that his time is at hand. And so really what he's saying here is very important because he's he's kind of deliberating and giving his last teachings um, before his time has come to pass. So we have a lot going on here, you know, several different sections. Um, and uh, most notably, a lot of this sort of circles around this idea of the end times and the signs of the times. So, uh, you know, lots, lots of stuff here. And a lot of things that have actually, you know, been, I guess, misapplied for many mm-hmm. generations, this idea of discerning the end times. So, Will, what do you what do you make of all this um, and, you know, what it sort of means for us as as Christians in America in, you know, the 21st century? Yeah, you're right. This can definitely get misapplied. In fact, I knew someone once who thought that what this is pointing to is something that's already happened in the past. And there are clearly indications that to some degree, Jesus has the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, which happened in 70, uh, yep. in mind. Uh, and so this person that I knew thought that that meant everything that he says in this passage has already happened in the past. So the coming of the Son mm. of Man has already happened. Uh, oh, it's already completed. And Darn. I remember I thinking it. at the time, like my... I had I have a bad back and it was really bad at that time and I thought um I was really hoping heaven would be better than this <laughs> you know <laughs> if you know if this is what it is this is what we got um, so but there is a yeah. sense in which um some of what Jesus is saying and this happens with prophecy throughout the Bible some of what he's saying does apply to that historical event that's coming. And you see, can see the concrete nature of what he's talking about, about the Gentiles coming in and conquering Jerusalem and the temple being destroyed. All of that does happen. Um, but some of what he said also extends beyond that into a more future uh, expected coming of the Son of Man. It, it's not like my friend, in, yeah, this was when I was living in Spokane. So not like my friend in Spokane who thinks all of this has already happened. There are still things left for us to anticipate. And we've talked in ODR before about, you know, you can imagine it as two mountains in a mountain range where we, it's hard yes. to tell yes. them apart when you're looking straight on. But when you look around the side, you can see there's a distance between them. So that's a helpful way to think about what's being described in this chapter here so that you don't get confused. Uh, but that doesn't solve all the challenges. I mean, there's still a lot that's challenging here. And I think a lot of it is supposed to be challenging for us because it's supposed to challenge us to faith, just as Jesus was challenging his disciples then. He continues to challenge us today. So what are your thoughts on some of those challenges that we face, Will? Yeah, you know, uh, before like the challenges, I, I do think what you said about the mountain range, that's one of my favorite images, you know, talking mm-hmm. about end times talking about you know one of the big themes of luke is the kingdom of god and um jesus uses that phrase so much here and it, it's kind of confusing because sometimes like the what jesus is actually referencing when talking about the kingdom of god doesn't always totally seem to be the same thing and so you know sometimes it can kind of be interpreted as jesus's life and ministry and, and that's sort of the kingdom of god is near 
And then sometimes it seems to be more about like the resurrection and when Christ is accomplished his work. Uh, sometimes it seems to be sort of referring to this apostolic Holy Spirit uh, driven age where the church is born and the kingdom of God rests there. And then, you know, very notably the return of Christ and, you know, the righting of all wrongs and, and sort of the ultimate kingdom of God. And that mountain range image is so helpful because the kingdom of God is is sort of that that range of mountains. Jen and I were out in Denver. Um, we, we spent like four days in Denver and then we went and joined the Christ Covenant crew in Breckenridge after a few days. So for a while we were in Denver and, you know, when you're in Denver, you see these rocky mountains just like lining, you know, sort of the, the western edge of the city. And it seems like there's like this big wall of mountains. But then as we drove out into the mountains, it actually turns out to be miles and miles and hours and hours worth of different mountains of different sizes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love that you sort of helped connect those dots. And so to to your question of, you know, the, these trials, um, that that's what Jesus speaks so much of here. And, you know, he, he speaks specifically to sort of two different things. One is, I guess, what we could call universal human suffering, wars, battles, rumors of war, famine, you know. And, and you know, I, I like Jesus kind of laments uh, this. He, he laments women who are, who are bearing children and nursing children into this cruel time. And so it, it's a very like gritty thing that we're all accustomed to. And, you know, this is a passage that my mind always goes to. Like, I remember when the Russian and Ukrainian war and conflict started to break out. Um, I was thinking about this in the Afghan crisis a couple of years ago. And, you know, it, it kind of speaks to these broad brushstroke human events. Um, and then he, he speaks specifically towards persecution and just the, the hardship of being faithful to the kingdom of God amidst the kingdoms of the earth. And, you know, he really like foretells and it's powerful to think about because, you know, we know the majority of the apostles do die, uh, at, you know, the persecution of their faith. And, you know, Peter is, is, you know, apparently crucified upside down. And, and there's all these, these really intense stories and Jesus is speaking, um, straight into those. And I think that there's a, there's a great seed of hope that's planted here that, you know, these things that we face and, and, you know, I can only imagine how comforting something like this would be for our brothers and sisters in, uh, you know, these Middle Eastern and North African and Asian countries where this is much more literal than for many of us who sort of live in Bible Belt type cities and, and families. And it, it's that suffering and these trials, they don't sort of, they ought not to take us off guard. And that doesn't make them less hard, but that our, our Savior actually speaks directly to them and that these are the way into the kingdom of God. And it, it makes me think of Hosea 2, uh, you know, the Lord, he, he says that I, I will make the the valley of a core, the valley of trouble into a door of hope. And so all throughout the biblical narrative, there's this idea that our troubles and our sorrows are actually the doorway into the hope that has been prepared for us. And so that that's sort of where my mind goes with that. I don't know if you had any 
thoughts there? Yeah, well, I think that uh, Luke, the gospel writer, actually makes this very concrete in the other book that he wrote, Acts. Uh, so mm-hmm. in verses, uh, verse 13 here, he says, this will be your opportunity to bear witness. That's what Jesus says. Mm-hmm. So settle it therefore in your minds not to meditate beforehand. Verse 15, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. The next time that Luke talks about someone being filled with wisdom, it's in Acts 7, when Stephen is brought before the Sanhedrin. Mm -hmm. And so what we see here is Stephen as a concrete example, living out what Jesus is talking about here. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes it easier for us Mm -hmm. to imagine when we face these kinds of challenges, what that could look like. Uh, The way that Stephen, full of the Spirit and wisdom, and I would point out, full of the Old Testament, right? Because what he says is he gives this overview of the Old Testament and how it points forward to the Messiah. Uh, He is able to bear witness to the -hmm. gospel. Now, Mm -hmm. to your point earlier about the struggles that people face, Stephen is then stoned, right? So he dies. (laughs) Uh, So we can't, you know, there's no promise in the gospel that we will avoid all suffering. We may face that suffering, but we can also see what Jesus says in verse 19, by your endurance, you will gain your lives Mm -hmm. that beyond the suffering of this life, there is an even greater hope. And that's what Mm -hmm. can ultimately give us that hope to withstand any suffering, any opposition that we may face in this life. Uh, So a great encouragement here uh, that even though we will face suffering, we have a triumphant Lord who has triumphed over Mm. sin and death. And through his spirit, he will give us the strength to endure. And that's what we're going to see in the next chapter is Jesus's final triumph beginning as he heads towards the cross. Mm. Yeah. And you know, there's even added comfort when you think of the context of these words, Jesus has been, he's been facing such, such intense and truly violent opposition and in each of these moments that's happened, he has had such incredible wisdom to completely mm. just uh, cross up and confuse and put away his opposition. And so just to be reminded of the authority and power of Jesus and that he is the one who's promising this wisdom, uh, it, it's a great comfort. And so I think that's a great thing to go forward on with our days and, and to meditate on and receive. And so Will Kinds. This is Will Carlisle, and we will see you tomorrow as we continue through Luke on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.